The NHL trade deadline has come and gone, and the LA Kings made a few tweaks. We'll grade the Kings' moves at the deadline and give you info on what went down today. Plus, after an emotional few days for the LA Kings, they returned to the ice last night and grind out a hard-fought win over Montreal. We'll tell you about the Kings' latest addition and how he looked in his LA debut, talking about Vladislav Gavrikov. And how does the Pacific Division look after the trade deadline? All that and more on this edition of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I'm your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show that's been putting out content for the past 16 years and a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years. Well, the NHL trade deadline, as I mentioned, has come and gone, and we thought that going into the final hours on Friday, the Kings had already made their biggest moves, getting defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov and goaltender Jonas Corposalo. Kings GM Rob Blake had some cap space available to make some minor additions before the deadline hit, and that is what he did. The Kings shipped out occasional fourth-line winger Brendan Lemieux along with a fifth-round pick in 2024 to the Philadelphia Flyers, in exchange for forward Zach McEwen. Now, McEwen is 26 years old, six foot three. He's got four goals and five assists through 46 games this season. He replaces a man who's about to turn 27 years old in Brendan Lemieux, who's six foot one, had no goals and three assists in 27 games this season. This from our colleagues over at Locked On Flyers on Zach McEwen. They said, quote, energy, pesky fourth liner, fights a lot, sometimes for no good reason can actually skate with the puck a bit and has some speed, but then usually doesn't really know what to do or misses the net, shoots directly into the goalie's chest on a shot, played more on the wing, played center in rare occasions, but limited face-off skills. So it sounds like basically Zach McEwen is a little bit bigger and a little bit more productive Brendan Lemieux type. Uh, he could take a face-off if necessary, uh, if he has to, you know, if somebody gets kicked out of the face-off circle, he's not going to be completely awful at that. Um, although Lemieux did put up eight goals last season, a career high, he hadn't really shown any ability to score at, at much as much this year. Um, now his time was more limited this year than it was last year. Uh, for Zach McEwen, uh, he is coming out, coming off of being out for over a month. He suffered a broken jaw in a fight with Marcus Foligno of the Wild. And he has been practicing with the Flyers for about a week before they removed him from injured reserve earlier today so that he could be traded to the LA Kings. I assume the trade, as all trades are, contingent on him passing a physical. Um, so we'll see about that. As for Zach McEwen, uh, he has played 176 career NHL games for the Flyers and the Canucks over parts of five seasons. He has a career total of 13 goals and 14 points. According to friend of the show, Eric Stevens of the Athletic, the Kings got rid of Lemieux's $1.35 million cap hit for McEwen's $925,000, which gives the Kings about half a million dollars to play with. He thought that maybe that could play a factor in the Kings making an additional move, but that was not the case. So 
other than obviously the two big moves for Vladislav Gabrikov and for Jonas Corposalo, the Kings with a minor addition before the deadline. There were a couple other moves to mention uh, really concerning minor leaguers. But as for Zach McEwen, uh, again, the Kings remain um, have a player that remains on their roster that has some grit, that has some toughness, that would drop the gloves if necessary, um, which is an element that obviously Brendan Lemieux gave them. Uh, but it seems like, from what I am hearing, Zach McEwen is a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit stronger, um, maybe even has a little bit more offensive upside. Although, like I said, Lemieux did have a pretty big offensive year a year ago, more goals than he'd ever scored before, but that really was an outlier. That wasn't what he really brings to the table, and we kind of saw that a lot this year. Even though, to be fair to him, like I said, he was in and out of the lineup, didn't have a lot of consistency as far as the minutes go. Uh, but I would expect to see Zach McEwen on the ice for the LA Kings at least a few times before the end of the season. Uh, like I said, he is a guy that if you get into the playoffs and you feel like you need that kind of tough element, somebody that's going to be physical, um, he certainly appears to be someone that can fit that role. Um, so I would guess that as the case is with Gavrikov and Corposalo, here's a guy that was playing on a bad team, gets a new start in a new place for a team that's playing meaningful games, I'm sure he's going to be energized by that. I'm sure he's going to be looking to obviously prove himself to his new team as well. So I would expect to see Zach McEwen come in for a couple of games uh, down the stretch, and we'll see what kind of physical presence that he can provide. And so the Kings, again, still have a physical presence on their team, but Brendan Lemieux out, and Zach McEwen is now in. As far as the other minor moves that the Kings made, they did trade forward Austin Wagner to the Chicago Blackhawks for the always exciting future considerations. Uh, at one time, Wagner was a pretty decent prospect in the Kings organization because of his speed, uh, but he could never put his all-around game together around his best asset, which was his skating ability and his speed. Uh, he's 25 years old, played 44 games for the LA Kings back in the 2020-21 season. He finished four goals and four assists that year. Uh, he ended up playing 171 career goals, all with the Kings in the NHL, uh, 22 goals and 18 assists in total. Uh, he was a fourth-round pick of the Kings back in 2015. This year with the Ontario Reign, he had nine goals and three assists in 24 games. Uh, kind of an Andreas Anthony-Siu type, but not as skilled. Um, kind of a Carl Hagelin type, but again, not as skilled. And he reminds me of that old cliche or that old saying you may have heard, you can't coach speed or you can't teach speed. And because there are some players out there, whether it's in football or in hockey, that have a speed element, it keeps them around a little bit longer than you might think. Because it's true, you can't teach speed. And for a player who has a lot of speed, if they can put those other elements of the game together, then it, he could turn into um, a decent player. But so far through his time in L.A., he hasn't shown that ability. There's been flashes here and there. Every once in a while, he might get a breakaway. Like Again, like an Andreas Anthony although I don't think Austin Wagner is as good as Andreas Anthony but kind of that type of player. And Anthony Sioux has, bumped, has uh, bounced around in the NHL as well. So Austin Wagner, the Kings have decided, close the books on him. He goes to another team, and uh, the Blackhawks will try and roll the dice and see if maybe he can put it all together in Chicago. Uh, the Kings also swapped a couple of AHL players, uh, they made a trade with the Montreal Canadiens, L.A. getting forward Nate Schnarr uh, in exchange for defenseman Frederick Allard. Uh, Schnarr is 24 years old. By the way, it's spelled S-C-H-N-A-R-R. -R. Uh, he's 24 years old. He was originally drafted by the Coyotes back in 2017. He's now on his fourth different team. Uh, he has spent time in the Coyotes, Devils, and Canadians organizations, all in their minor league systems. 
He's yet to play in an NHL game and don't expect him to play in one anytime soon in Los Angeles uh, as he is going to be assigned to the Ontario Reign in the AHL. As I said before, uh, we were already pretty sure the Kings had made their big move before the deadline with the additions of Gavrikov and Corpusalo. Zach McEwen, again, a, a minor upgrade perhaps from Brendan Lemieux, but we will see. Um, but a player that uh, does fill a need in being big, strong, and, and gritty. So, speaking of the Kings' newest additions, we saw one of them on the ice in an L.A. Kings uniform for the first time last night. And how did he do? We're going to tell you all about the L.A. Kings debut of defenseman Vladislav Gavrikov in just a moment. Also talk about the Kings win over the Canadians. But first, I need to let you know that today's episode of Locked on L.A. Kings is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat and don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. They are so delicious, you won't think that you're eating something that's good for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable new flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I don't know how they do it, but they are basically protein bars, but they taste like candy bars. Only 130 grams, uh, only 130 uh, calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get a box or order them at Built.com, although you could still do that if you wanted to, but you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club, and they are available in the pharmacy section. Uh, And you can also uh, get the old flavors as well, like cookies and cream, double chocolate, and coconut puffs. Built Bars, protein bars. Tastes like candy bars. Well, we were all uh, waiting to get our first look at uh, goaltender Jonas Corposalo and defenseman Vladislav Gabrikov. We're going to have to unfortunately wait until possibly this weekend to see the new goaltender for the Kings. But we did get our first look at Kings defenseman Vladislav Gabrikov last night against Montreal. And one thing that stands out immediately to me is his size. Uh, he's a big guy, six foot three, 220 pounds, wearing number 84. And I looked it up. He is the first LA King to ever wear number 84. Alex Edler and Quentin Byfield are both one inch taller than Gavrikov, but they are not nearly as physically imposing as Gavrikov when you look at him on the ice. Um, I thought he moved really well for a bigger player. Um, I think he's more mobile than Edler. Uh, there were a couple of noteworthy moments for Gavrikov in that Kings debut in the first period. He did get called for an interference penalty, and it did lead to a Montreal power play goal. I really thought it was a borderline call. Um, it wouldn't. It wasn't something I thought was particularly egregious or just an awful decision on his part. He made some contact with a player that was trying to, to chase down a loose puck, but I thought that was one of those calls, frankly, that's a 50-50 call. Some refs would call it, some wouldn't, but a borderline call, unfortunately, it did go against him, uh, and it did end up costing the Kings a goal. Um Later on, uh, Gavrikov did have a uh, a strong shift where he held the puck in along the blue line. It ended up in some sustained minutes into the Montreal zone, and Quentin Byfield ended up getting a, a, drawing a penalty on that shift where he did he, where Gavrikov made the nice play to hold it in. Uh, second period, he also broke up a, a decent Montreal scoring chance after his partner uh, Sean Walker had a misplay. Uh, he ended up playing 16 minutes and 13 seconds on the third pairing with Walker. Uh, he was an even player on the night as far as the plus-minus goes. Didn't have a point. But all in all, um, I thought a pretty decent debut for Vladislav Gavrikov. Like I said, I like his size. I like his mobility. Um, it's going to be interesting to see where he plays from here. I would expect to see him eventually on the second pairing with Matt Roy. Um, I also think we're going to see Alex Edler and Sean Dursey paired together in the third pairing and have Edler on the left side and Dursey back on his natural right side. And I think Sean Walker will end up being the seventh defenseman for the LA Kings in case somebody gets hurt or they want to give somebody a rest, then they could draw Sean Walker back into the lineup. 
As for the game itself against Montreal last night, I was not surprised to see the Kings come out very sluggish against Montreal. Um, the Canadians are a, a team with a lot of young guys in their lineup that are kind of itching to show that they belong in the NHL. So they do play with a lot of energy and they play hard with all these younger guys in their team looking to prove that they're NHL players. And also just as importantly, you know, first game back on the, after a long road trip, I have heard from professional athletes is always uh, the toughest game uh, for a number of different reasons, but you get back in town and you've been gone for a couple of weeks and suddenly it's uh, if you've got a family it's all the things that have happened when you've been gone. Maybe some things you need to tend to. Your kids want your attention uh, to get you caught up on all the things that have been going on and so on and so forth. So it's kind of hard to kind of get back into that mode. You would think you get back home and it's all relaxing, but maybe not for the first couple of days or so. Uh, and then in addition to all the things that have gone on with the LA Kings over the last couple of days with the emotional trade of Jonathan Quick and all of that, uh, I was again, I was not surprised to see the Kings come out and look pretty sluggish in that opening period. Uh, and they did fall behind and trail Montreal one nothing after that per- first period. Once they kind of got their legs under him in the second period, they were much, much better. Uh, they were clearly the better team the rest of the way, especially in a dominant second period where they outshot Montreal 13 to five, and they would eventually get on the board, tie up the game. Alex Ayafalo scoring his ninth of the season on a terrific pass from Gabe Velarde, who had a big game. Uh, we were tied at 1-1 after two. In the third period, the Kings would score twice in just over a minute span. Gabe Velarde first scoring a goal, showing some nice hands in and around the net. Uh, he's got some of the best hands on the team. He hits the 20-goal mark on the season as he is continuing his career year by far the most goals he's ever scored in his NHL career in a 20-goal score for the first time uh, in his career. Andre Kopitar would stay red hot. He followed up Velarde's goal with a goal of his own. Ninth goal in the last eight games for the captain. Uh, Montreal would end up scoring the final goal to make it interesting, but LA would hold on and skate off with a hard-fought 3-2 victory. And my takeaway from this is, again, not surprised they started sluggish, but I've mentioned this before, and it's kind of a cliche, but I think it's true. Good teams find a way to win games when they're not at their best. And I think that was a pretty good example of what happened last night for the LA Kings. They were not at their best but they did grind it out and in the end get a big two points and all the two points at this point of the season are big two points because of how close it is in the Pacific division. So good on the Kings for playing a game, not at their best. Yes. Against a lesser opponent, but in the end getting the big two points. And that is the most uh, important thing. Uh, as for Phoenix Copley, he did get the start last night, not Jonas Corposalo. We think we're going to see Corposalo over the weekend, but we'll have to wait and see. But as for Phoenix Copley, he did what he has done all season long, gives the Kings a chance to win every night. Was he spectacular? No. Did he have to be? No. Uh, he allowed two goals on 21 shots, but the record is the most important thing for Phoenix Copley. Now 19-4-2 on the season. He has a 679 winning percentage. That is fourth overall in the NHL among goalies that have played at least 25 games. There was one thing, though, that did very much concern me about last night. And Montreal employed something I have not seen all year. They would skate five skaters horizontally in a line down the ice. And the Kings had no answer for this against their 1-3-1 setup. And Montreal got into the Kings zone time after time pretty easily. Uh, So, And the Kings showed no ability to adjust to this during the game. So uh, this is something to watch for going forward. Um, You know, all sports are a bit of a copycat league. 
if something works against an opponent and you see that, it's likely that you're going to at least try it uh, to see if you can make it work as well. So like I said, that's not something I've seen at all this year. Um, I'm sure that other teams are going to get the tape of that game. And if they see that and think that's something that they want to give a try, see if they can have success against the Kings as well. Uh, I'm sure they're going to do it. I would hope that the LA Kings coaching staff uh, certainly sees that, uh, breaks down the tape and says, okay, if other teams decide to employ this strategy against us, what's our counter to this? Because they didn't seem to have a counter last night. So something to keep an eye on uh, going forward. So now that the trade deadline is behind us, how did the LA Kings come out and how did their competitors come out in the Pacific Division as well? And we're also going to talk about what lies ahead for the LA Kings over the upcoming weekend. But first, I want to let you know that this episode of Locked On LA Kings is also brought to you by Indeed. No matter how your last game went, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with all the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match assessments and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of qualified candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for qualified applicants that meet your must-have requirements. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job. Post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So now that the trade deadline is over, uh, how did the four teams in the Pacific Division fare? Let's start with the other teams around the NHL and uh, in the Pacific Division. And uh, as far as the Vegas Golden Knights, I mentioned this on a previous show. I really like the addition of forward Ivan Barbashev from St. Louis. Uh, He's a gritty player that goes to the net, just the type of forward that every team needs come around playoff time. And uh, the addition of Jonathan Quick, I think it's a a pretty nice luxury to have as an emergency goalie. Now their number one goalie, Logan Thompson is out with an injury. So I would assume quicks the number two for now, but once Logan Thompson comes back, I think that pushes him to the number three spot, but it gives them some insurance. And it's, it's, it would be nice to have a two time Stanley cup winner as your emergency goaltender, which is what I see him with the Vegas golden Knights. I honestly don't think once Logan Thompson comes back, he's going to play much, but I could be wrong about that. He could be, the number two to Logan Thompson, but we'll have to see. So a decent upgrade, I would say, for the Vegas Golden Knights. The Edmonton Oilers pick up a veteran defenseman and a veteran forward. They get Matthias Ekholm, defenseman from the Nashville Predators, and forward Nick Bukestead from the Arizona Coyotes. I think both are very solid moves for the Oilers. Edmonton has, obviously, all the scoring they need with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, but they needed to get help defensively, and this addresses that, obviously, with the defenseman Ekholm specifically. But Bukestad is a very solid two-way forward as well on your bottom six, so I thought a very nice addition at the deadline for the Edmonton Oilers. The Seattle Kraken did nothing, like literally did nothing up to the trade deadline. Uh, This whole week, nothing. Um, And as for the LA Kings, as I mentioned, I think I did kind of overstep when I initially gave them an A-grade 
for Gavrikov and Corpusalo, and then you add Zach McEwen in the mix as well. I give the Kings a solid B. Um, those two players potentially are rentals, um, but an A is a little much. I'll have to say B for the LA Kings. I think I'd give the Oilers probably a B plus. I'd give the Golden Knights probably a B minus. The Kraken get an F. I mean, she didn't do anything. So clearly there's nothing, no upgrade there, but they're still a good team. There's no, there's no guarantees that just because you add a player that that player is going to work out. So Seattle felt like they had their best team. No, nothing, uh, there was nothing interesting to them, I guess. Uh, so they decided to uh, stand pat and we'll see how it works out for them. I do think though, that of all the deals, the Kings have the one player that potentially could give them the biggest upside. With all due respect to Jonathan Quick, Getting Jonas Corposalo potentially gives the Kings an upgrade in their number one goalie position. And so because of the position he plays, Jonas Corposalo has a chance to have the biggest impact of any of these other players because the goaltender position is so important, obviously, in hockey. So we'll see how it works out with Jonas Corposalo. But I think, again, he has the biggest upside of any of the players and the biggest chance to make the biggest impact of any of the players that were moved to any of the top four teams there in the Pacific Division. As far as the Pacific Division standings heading into Friday night, Vegas still in first place, despite having the same number of points as the Kings. Uh, They both have 78, but Vegas has played two fewer games, so they have a better winning percentage. Both Seattle and Edmonton are tied in points as well. They have 74 apiece. Um, They're both four points back of the Kings for second place. Seattle, though, has played two fewer games than LA, and Edmonton won fewer games, so Seattle would have the three spot. Right now, Edmonton would have the four spot. By the way, I'm not completely ignoring Calgary, but they lost last night. They're now seven points out of a wild card spot. It would take a minor miracle for them to get back in the playoff race at this point. So I think the top four is set in the Pacific. I don't know what the order is going to be when it's all said and done. I think they all still have a chance to win the division, but I think Vegas, LA, Edmonton, Seattle, I think all four of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Of course, now it's a battle for playoff positioning, try and get home ice advantage. In the first round of the playoffs, obviously, if you finish first or second in the division, you're going to have home ice in that opening round. So still important games to be played, still meaningful points out there for all four of those teams to uh, to, to get. And, of course, there will be head-to-head matchups between all four of those teams in the final couple of, week, couple of weeks of the regular season. As far as what's coming up tonight, if you're interested, the Vegas Golden Knights host the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils. Big game there. Uh, The Oilers are at home against a pretty tough Winnipeg Jets team. The Kraken will be on the road against the St. Louis Blues. Coming up next for the LA Kings, uh, they will be hosting the St. Louis Blues in game two of this stretch of 10 home games in their next 11 for the LA Kings. So really nice as far as the schedule goes at this very important part of the season that the Kings are going to have a nice significant home stretch for them. Um, We are expecting to see the LA debut of goalie Jonas Corposalo Coming up Saturday against the St. Louis Blues, that has not been confirmed, um, but we are expecting that. So either way, uh, obviously coming up on Monday's show, a full recap of the Kings-Blues game. And if there is, in fact, um, a Jonas Corposalo sighting, we'll do a, a bit of a deep dive onto how he looked specifically in net. Um, and uh, yeah, looking forward to that uh, debut, hopefully, over the weekend. Hey, thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysts that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Looking forward to uh, this weekend's games for the LA Kings. Looking forward to talking about it with you 
come next week. Hey, if you would like to uh, be involved in any of our fan feedback shows, or if you want to be in contact with me over anything that's going on with the LA Kings, you can always send me an email. The address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. We are on Twitter, at LockedOnLAKings. Would appreciate a follow over there. And we are on Instagram as well, LockedOnLAKings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you, as always, for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings. Looking forward to talking to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. And as always, go Kings go.